Hey, it's Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This sermon is from Check Us Out Sunday, October 27th. Enjoy. The word of our Lord from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received Jesus joyfully. And when the crowd saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We pray that you would bless the reading of your word to our hearts, to our minds. Lord, may we hear from you through it and may we be forever changed. Lord, help us not to miss Jesus in this moment that we gather together as your people. We pray all this in His name. Amen. When we have guests over, we often say something like what I said at the very beginning of the service, make yourself at home. And what we mean by that is pretty simple. Relax. Feel comfortable. Make this place a home for you. When we meet someone new, one of the first things we tend to say is something to the effect of, hey, I'm Adam. What's your name? Some of us adults have lost the ability to do that. We will sit next to someone on a park bench and kind of nervously keep an eye on how close they are, maybe scoot a little bit, and we'll tend to pull our phones out and take a look and maybe hang out with some friends that aren't really there. Rather than saying, hey, I'm Adam. What's your name? It's nice to meet you. Our kids tend to be pretty good at that. They'll throw their name out there. They may not throw their, their hand out there to be shaken, although some of them might, some of mine might. Um, but that's typically one of the things that we do when we meet someone new is we want to know their names. We want to give them our names. Learning someone's name is a powerful thing. It's far more powerful than we often think of it being. See, your name is your identity. If someone knows your name, they've got a small bit of power over you. Someone could walk into the back doors there. You may not know there are doors right behind you and they're kind of barred shut um, for your safety. I'm kidding. Uh, they are barred shut just because they have a tendency to swing open and it can be kind of noisy and whatnot. But if someone could walk in those back doors there and could say, Hey, Adam! And immediately, I would stop what I'm doing and say, what? Yeah? 
I'm pretty sure I'm the only Adam in here. Your name is your identity. It's a part of who you are. It's more than just a word. It reminds people, people that know your name, it reminds them of your face. You may not want to, but when you hear the name Adam, especially Adam Godbold, you think of this face. And most of you in this room haven't seen it without a beard. I look like 15 years younger, which is why I keep the beard. But your name is a part of who you are. It reminds people of you. It invokes also, though, your character. When people know you and they think of your name, they think of the type of person you are. And the two, your character and your identity attached to your name, they are tied up together. When your name is invoked, it conjures up the kind of person you are. What you're made of. The moment people hear your name, they think of you. Not just what you look like, but what you are like. What kind of heart you have. What kind of mind you have. Whether you're kind and patient or smart and bright. Perhaps they think of you neither as kind nor patient nor smart nor bright when they hear your name. And if that's the case, then you've got some work to do. The Gospel reading this morning tells us the story of a man named Zacchaeus. When you hear that name, the first thing you might think of is not the kind of person he is. Instead, you'll probably think of two other things. You'll think this was a wee little man which means you've thought of the second thing, and that is a little song that you might have learned when you were a kid. You know the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. I'm going to save you the singing. He was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. And he said, here's where the tempo gets weird in the song, And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. Yes, I'm going to your house today. It's a silly song, right? Most little tunes like that make us feel as though the stories they tell are silly. But here's the thing. This tune doesn't really help us to appreciate how silly this story of Zacchaeus really was. Zacchaeus was little, yes. But he was little not just in stature, he was also little in character. He was a little, petty, conniving, hated person. When people in and around Jericho, the place where he lived, when they heard the name Zacchaeus, they thought immediately of a man whom they hated and whose name they wished to forget. He was a tax collector. And not just that, he was a chief tax collector. He was rich. Extremely rich. He was powerful. Extremely powerful. And he was hated. Extremely hated. In Luke 18, the chapter just prior to this story, 
Jesus was approached by a man whose name is lost in history. A man whose name is forgotten. Though he too was rich and he too was powerful. Was he a tax collector? We've got no reason to think that he was. There's nothing in the Scriptures that lead us to believe that he was a tax collector. But this unnamed man, he was certainly rich and he was certainly powerful. He was called the rich ruler. Matthew tells us he was also young. And so most of us think of him as the rich young ruler. He was a man of means and a man of power. But we don't know his name. His no longer his name no longer seems to matter all that much. And what a shame to get to the end of life and to have your name not really matter. This young man, this rich young ruler, he was once glad and even somewhat humble. He was a would-be follower of Jesus and he ran up to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life, good teacher? But eventually he walks away from Jesus filled with grief, filled with sadness and filled with regret because he could not give what the Lord required of him. And so Jesus turns and tells his followers how difficult it is for those with a lot, for the rich, for those with wealth to enter the kingdom of God. He says it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom. And so astonished, his disciples and the crowds, they say, wait a minute, then who can be saved? If not the rich, then who? If not the powerful, then who? If not those with influence and those with a name, then who? If our leaders, our rulers can't be saved, those with means and those with influence, then who? And Jesus quickly tells them, God does the impossible. What's impossible with man is not impossible with God. And so since they're headed to Jerusalem for Jesus' final and fateful trip there, He tells His disciples that He, the Son of Man, is going to be betrayed and killed. And they ignored Him. Here He goes again. Always with this talking of suffering and betrayal. We're letting nothing happen to Him on our watch. And then there's this little story about a blind man. A blind man on the outskirts of Jericho, just outside the city gates. Mark gives him the name Bartimaeus, Timaeus's son. And he's sitting outside the city gates. He's weak, ignored, forgotten, poor, and powerless. He's a blind man, Bartimaeus. He hears the commotion that's going on around him. The crowds are passing by and he wonders what's happening. 
Something's going on. And so he asks, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He's passing by. And so Bartimaeus begins to shout quite obnoxiously around the crowds, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up, you idiot. Don't you realize he's got better things to do than mess with you? Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, he continues to shout. And then to the crowd's astonishment and probably even their embarrassment, Jesus steps over to this blind, poor, powerless, weak, forgotten, ignored, obnoxious man. He stops in front of him and he asks, what do you want? You name it and I'll do it. Bartimaeus' response is pretty quick. Lord, give me back my sight, please. So immediately, the blind man is healed. And he joins in with the crowd. Now he's part of the party. This outsider is now an insider. And he's following Jesus, glorifying God, the Scriptures tell us. He joins the crowd and the crowd joins him, it says, in praising God. You can imagine the crowd getting even rowdier with Bartimaeus in it. A little bit louder. This blind man can now see. And that's where our story picks up Zacchaeus as he enters the picture. Zacchaeus knows Jesus' name. He was familiar with this itinerant preacher and teacher. This healer and wonder worker, he'd heard his name. And so Zacchaeus says, I've got to see him. He decides he's got to have a look. He wants to see Jesus. He can't miss him. But here's the problem. He's going to miss him because he can't see him. The crowd is too large and it's moving quickly through the town. And he's too short. So he begins to think quickly. He begins to think, how am I going to not miss him? What can I do? There it is. There's a sycamore tree. A sycamore fig tree. And he decides, you know what? Undignified as it might be, as silly as it might look, I'm climbing the tree. This is my chance. This is my opportunity. And by climbing that sycamore tree, by doing that silly act, what seems so ridiculous. I remember as a kid seeing Bill in Sunday school, the flannel graphs. You'd have a little sycamore tree up there. I had no clue what a sycamore tree was. It's a fig tree. It's a special type of fig tree. And I remember thinking this is a silly story. This man with wealth, this man with influence, this man that was so hated is also probably the shortest guy in town. He's so short. If he wants to see Jesus, he's got to climb up in a tree like a little kid. You can imagine him kind of hopping around behind the crowds as he's trying to keep up with them. And he sees his opportunity. Climbs up in the tree. By climbing that tree, he's recognizing and confessing his need. Which was the thing that Bartimaeus got right and the thing that the rich young ruler 
got wrong. The reason the ruler left Jesus sad and dejected was because he had it all and he couldn't part with it. He could meet his own needs. He could provide for himself. He didn't need anyone. Zacchaeus, probably just as wealthy, perhaps even more wealthy, we don't know. Zacchaeus recognizes there's something in this life that I don't have. And I'm willing to do anything as foolish as it may seem to get it. Jesus approaches this powerful, wealthy, influential, but hated man. And again, the crowd is astonished. The crowd is probably a bit embarrassed. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, get down out of the tree. I've got to come to your place today. Zacchaeus knew Jesus' name, but wouldn't you know it? Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. That's even better. No doubt, Jesus also knew the kind of man that Zacchaeus was. What everyone in town would have thought of him when they heard his name. The name that they wanted to forget. Jesus knew it. Funny thing is, Zacchaeus' name means pure. And pure has a very simple, simple meaning in Hebrew. It means to be one thing. That's it. Nothing else, nothing added, nothing mixed in. To be one thing. But Zacchaeus was anything but pure. He was a complicated mess of conflict. As a tax collector, he was a Jew. But he had given up his loyalty to his people, his loyalty to family, his loyalty to those former friends long ago, as well as giving up his faith. He'd betrayed them to get rich working for Rome. The invaders. As someone with great power and deep connections in society, he was part of the elite. But he had also become a hated outcast among his own people. Yes, he was high in status, but he was also low in stature. What a mess was his life. He lived a life filled with contradictions. How hated he must have been. He was a chief tax collector, not just a tax collector. He was a boss of the tax collectors. Jericho was a chief taxation hub in the Roman Empire because of the wealth that it produced. It was a rich source of balsam, producing lots of great wood and fragrant oils. This city was an ever-growing center of Herod's expanding wealth and corrupt power. 
And of course, that meant also it was a an ever-growing center of Caesar's expanding wealth and corrupt power. Zacchaeus himself was a very, very extremely important link in that hated chain of power. Zacchaeus, though, had one thing going for him. He wanted to see Jesus. And he desperately wanted to. All throughout the passage, you've got these, these subtle hints and sometimes even overt statements of urgency. Hurry! Running! He has to see Jesus. He is determined to do so. Nothing's going to stop him. The good news is that Jesus came for just this kind of person. He says of Zacchaeus, he too is a son of Abram. By which he means not just, oh, he's also a Jew. No, Abraham was a man whose name history could have easily forgotten. But he was foolish enough to radically trust the Lord. And he was willing to give up anything and everything to follow Him. Of course, we know Abraham's name. His life and faith changed the course of history. But it's interesting that we also know the names of blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus, a hated, short, laughable man of power. The rich young ruler. Nope. What's his name? Don't know. Never asked for it. We don't know his name even though his story is told in detail by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Zacchaeus. Why is his name there? Early church records tell us that Zacchaeus, this extremely wealthy, extremely powerful, extremely despised and extremely conflicted man, this small statured man with low, short character, that he became the first bishop of Caesarea. Named after Caesar. A city given its name in honor of the emperor that Zacchaeus once served. And here's the thing. Zacchaeus' story changed. It took here in Luke chapter 19, it took a dramatic turn. And what was the difference maker? The key to the rest of Zacchaeus' life is found in the rest of the song, that silly song, a verse that you probably have never heard. The verse goes like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, but a happy little man was he. For he had seen the Lord that day, and a happy little man was he. Oh, a happy little man was he. We've all gathered here together this morning to check things out, to take a look, to see what's going on. If you're new, a guest, you've taken us up on the offer to check us out. 
But all of us, all of us are here because we decided to be here this morning. We determined that this service, this meeting, this gathering was worth not missing. Like Zacchaeus, we're just checking things out. Even if it means doing something that's out of the ordinary, things like singing together, praying together, reading Scripture together. We're here because of the name of Jesus. But Jesus is walking up to the tree that we've climbed into, this service. And He's calling us to come down. The good thing is that He knows your name. He knows my name. And He wants to go home with you, with me. He wants to make Himself at home in our lives. Jesus won't force Himself through the doorway, but He is rude enough to invite Himself over. Thankfully, He imposes Himself into our lives graciously. But then it's up to you. It's up to me. Will we climb out of the tree And will we follow Him? Will we go with Him? Will we make Him room in our homes, in our lives for Him? I want to urge you, don't miss Jesus. If you miss Him, you miss everything. Father, we thank You for meeting with us this morning. We thank You for for ministering to us. We thank You for Your Word, the Scriptures. We thank You for the opportunity to gather. And Lord, we pray that You would help us in this moment to hear Your voice calling us by name. And Lord, whatever climbing out of the tree might mean for us, whatever that that response might look like, Lord, we pray that You would give us the wisdom and the strength to say, you know what? I need what Jesus has to offer. I need Him. Lord, we pray that You would move among us by Your Holy Spirit. That You would help help us to entrust our lives to Your Son, Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org. There you can find out more about our church and how we serve our community. 
You can also subscribe to this podcast there, and you can even give to support our ministry. Again, thank you for listening.